Well, anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming out tonight. My name is Byron Howell, and uh, I'm a licensed minister at Grace Family Church, and uh, really excited about what Pastor Dale and Pastor Doug are doing here, the prayer and healing meetings. I think they're amazing and wonderful and something that Grace is, has needed, you know, because we got a lot of people. I don't know if any of you are on the prayer team, but, you know, we'll get the prayer team updates, and there's a lot of people in this world that they need to understand about God's power and desire to heal. And so, you know, anything we can do to get equipped, to learn what the Word has to say, and then become anointed prayer ministers and healing ministers for the Lord Jesus is something that we need to do. So I'm really excited about these meetings and excited that, uh, that I get a couple of opportunities to share with you. I'll be teaching with you uh, this week and next week, and I think that this is really going to bless you. And so, um, just so you know, I don't work for the church or anything. They, they can't fire me. It doesn't matter really what I say. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what I believe. And uh, to be honest, you know, a lot of people don't really let the Word of God uh, cause them any problems when it comes to their beliefs. You know, they just kind of believe whatever they want to believe. But, but I only believe what the Word says. And if the Word says it, that's what I believe. And if the Word doesn't say it or says something else, then I don't believe that. Try to keep it pretty simple, you know, and, and that's certainly what we're going to do tonight. And um, and I'll just tell you, you know, I used to, uh, I've done different things at, at Grace. I've been really honored to do some things. The biggest thing I ever did was uh, I taught the Wednesday night Bible study alongside Coach for a couple of years. And, uh, and that was a tremendous honor. That was a blessing. And so uh, after about two years of that, the Lord spoke to me that it was time to just retire from Wednesday night Bible study. And so that's that's what I did. But then Pastor Fritz got this idea that he was going to start doing worship and prayer nights. And I don't know if any of you attended any of those, but we did. I'm sorry, I'm used to the headset, so this isn't great. That's a little better, I assume, right? All right, we've got to get this thing close. So Pastor Fritz decided that he was going to start doing worship and prayer nights uh, at Van Dyke. So he invited me to teach at those. And so the very first one we did was in February of 2019. And I taught on divine healing, of all things. But a couple of other uh, really impactful things happened on that day. And the first one was that I had a dream from God. And in the dream, Pastor Fritz had a book that I needed to read. And the other thing that happened on that day was my wife's stomach began hurting. And I didn't know it at the time, but two days later, we found ourselves in the hospital and she'd been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And she went, you know... As far as new, perfect health, nothing on the outside, but this was the diagnosis we received. So obviously that came as a shock, and um, and so Pastor Doug and Marilyn came to the hospital, Pastor Fritz is at the hospital, my mom, some other people, and we, we did. We received miracles right there in the hospital to get out without her having to have emergency surgery. The Lord absolutely gave me a, a revelation to push the doctors for alternatives and they gave us some, and they worked, and the pain went away, and we got out of there with no emergency surgery, and, and that was awesome. Uh, but we still had this diagnosis. And so while, while, uh, while I was talking to Pastor Fritz, I said, hey, you know, by the way, you know, I had this dream. You have this book for me. And he's like, well, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I don't have any books, but I just went to Andrew Womack's conference in Orlando, and uh, I got all the DVDs, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you these DVDs. So on Monday, we get home from the hospital, and, you know, obviously we're, we're happy that we got out, but, you know, still in a situation. So we put in the first DVD, and within 10 minutes, 
we recognize that the Lord knew everything that was going on, that He absolutely uh, you know, wanted Shannon healed, wanted her out of this situation, and had brought us His Word to do it. And we also realized that you know, even though I had just taught at Grace Family Church about divine healing, there were a couple of significant gaps in my understanding of God's power and desire to heal. And God was going to fill those gaps my wife would be healed, and we'd get out of this situation. And, uh, and just fast forward, praise the Lord, my wife's over there now. She's one year past any chemo, any surgery, any treatments of any kind. She's totally and completely healed. There's, you know, there's no evidence of any disease, total healing. And, uh, and we give all the glory to God. And, you know, the Lord did. He absolutely brought us His Word. And, and what I'm going to share to you over this week and next week is fundamentally the two areas of understanding that I lacked as much as I happen to know. Uh, but the two areas of understanding that, that we really lacked to see God's will for her healing manifest in her body. And, I, and I'll be very blunt with you. I believe that these are two areas that, that the body of Christ on the whole does not understand. And... Um, I'm not trying to get down on anybody or anything like that, but I think you know our our lacking the knowledge in these areas was just uh, you know emblematic or uh, symptomatic of the body as a whole, and so I'm excited to be able to share these truths from the Word of God because not only do I believe that they will help you experience God's power and desire to heal in your life, but you will be further equipped to minister healing on behalf of the Lord Jesus in the lives of those in your, around you. So the first verse I want to read to you tonight is Exodus fifteen twenty six. This is you, you got to get this here. These are the first words from God to the Israelites after they crossed the Red Sea. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. You have to understand, they did not know God like we do. They didn't have the Word. They had little more than a few stories for hundreds of years. And then Moses shows up one day talking about God. And they meet Him. right? And who do they meet? They meet Jehovah the plague bringer. Jehovah the guy that blots out the sun. Jehovah the guy that turns the water into blood. Jehovah the guy that literally kills Thousands and thousands of Egyptians before their very eyes as they escape the Red Sea. And the first thing he says is, look, I know what you saw me to do to those Egyptians, but for you, I am the Lord who heals you. And that's who I want to be in your life. And, you know, we talk about the redemptive names of God, but in my opinion, they are not all on the same footing. If you just look at Jehovah Jireh, for example, Abraham called the name of a place Jehovah Jireh. Now look, he's my Jehovah Jireh, he's yours too, and praise the Lord for that. But that's not the same as God calling himself Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. And he was Jehovah Rapha thousands of years ago. You better believe he's still Jehovah Rapha today, and he wants to be Jehovah Rapha to everybody. Not you know, everybody. So Exodus 23, 25-26. Worship the Lord your God and His blessings will be on your food and water. 
I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. If there is a clearer description of Jehovah's Rapha's will for your physical body, I don't know where it is. Look at what it says here. From the moment you are conceived, God is looking at you in the womb, and He will protect you. None will be barren. None will miscarry. I am protecting your children from conception. Now, during their life, I will remove sickness from among you. In the Hebrew, it's not just like, you know, he takes it out of this place. He will literally take sickness out of your existence. And you will live in a sickness-free existence all the way to your death at the end of a full life span. That's Jehovah Rapha's will for your life. No miscarriage, sickness completely out of your existence, and death at the end of a full life span. Not from some random sickness, not from some sort of injury. When it's your time to go, you go at the end of a sickness-free full life span. That's God's will. And you know, let's be honest, right? The church has come up with all sorts of crazy ideas, you know, and I mean the church at large, about what God's will is for our physical bodies, but that's what it is. No sickness, perfect physical health from birth to death, excuse me, from conception to death, that's the will of God. That's the biblically true will of God for your healing. So now let's go to Isaiah 53. Now you've heard this verse a number of times, but we see in verse 4, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Now we all know that this is a prophecy about Jesus, but here's the right way, or at least another way to look at this passage. In the greatest act of healing that Jehovah Rapha could ever conceive, He put every sickness and every disease on Jesus Christ who bore them on the cross so that God's children would not have to bear them. In the same way, Jesus took all of the sin and dealt with it on the cross so that we don't have to. He took all of the sickness so that we can be healed. When you become a Christian, you become fully entitled to the healing power of God and the healing promises of God for your entire life in every aspect of your body. Healing becomes not just something out there, but literally it becomes your inheritance and something that belongs to you. That's that's the reality. Right? This is the reality of healing for a Christian. That you are entitled to be healed. That God wants you healed. And that God has made available healing, uh, made healing available to you. So you say, okay, Byron, that's great. I've heard a lot of that before. Awesome. But it doesn't do me a lot of good if I'm not seeing the will of God manifested in my physical body. And yes, I totally agree with that. Right? So... So how are we going to get the healing power of God to manifest in our physical body so that we can be healed? So tonight what we are going to focus on, and this is really the first gap in my understanding, 
is authority and power for divine healing. Authority and power for divine healing. So our first verse is Luke 9, verses 1 through 2. When Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In the Greek, the word authority is exousia, which means legal authority or jurisdiction. And the word power in the Greek is dynamis, which is a force or a miraculous power. So when Jesus sent out the disciples to go heal on His behalf, He sent them with authority and power. And as you look at the healing miracles of Jesus, you will see the exercise of both authority and power show up, and we can learn about them. So this is our first one. This is Matthew 8, verses 5-10. through I've got a couple of longer readings, but just these are amazing stories, so let's enjoy them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes, and that one, come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So, why did the centurion come to Jesus? Because somehow, this centurion got a revelation that Jesus had authority over sickness and disease. And he came to Jesus for Jesus to exercise that authority over his servant. Now, what about the power? Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark 5, 25-34. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. So she went to the naturopathic doctor. She went to the integrative doctor. She went to the conventional doctor. I mean, these are what we have in the world today. She went to all the doctors. She spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind Him in the crowd and touched His cloak because she thought... If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answers, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This may be, if we were going to take time, this may be the most important miracle of healing in the Bible for us to understand God's power and desire to heal. But to focus on the specifics today, this woman, from from all we can tell, had no understanding about Jesus' authority over in sickness and disease. But she knew He had the power. She knew that he was a walking repository of the power of God for her to be healed. And if she could touch the power, if she could touch the dunamis power of God, then that power is going to go into her and heal her body. Now I want to mention, there is no exercise of Jesus' will here. We have no reason to believe he knew who touched her, that he said, yes, I'm going to let her touch me. No. This teaches us that the healing power of God 
is available to every single person on demand who will reach out and touch God for it. And that's why it's such a powerful miracle. But so the centurion came for Jesus' authority and this woman came for the power. So, now what we're going to show you though is in the same way Jesus walked in authority and power for healing, so can you today. In Matthew 28, 18, this is after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So now, at this present time, even though there's all sorts of craziness out there in the world today, in every, in every area, all authority still resides with Jesus. And we have to understand that as we progress in our understanding of authority and exousia today. He is the supreme authority of the universe. Notice what He said to the disciples before He died and rose again in Matthew 16. But what about you, He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, notice here that even though he hadn't died and rose again yet, he's talking about, in the future, you are going to have this authority in the earth. On behalf of the kingdom of God, you are going to be in the earth with authority, and I'm going to need you to go around binding and loosing according to the will of God. And so look at this, this very short parable, very, very, you know, often overlooked, but very important. This is Mark 13.34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Here is what Jesus is telling us. Jesus died, Jesus rose again, and then Jesus, in possession of all the authority, went back to heaven. Boom. He is not going to exercise it now. We are the ones with the authority now. We are the ones who must go out and bind and loose now. He's not going to do it. And you see, we talk about what is the, God's will, but here is one of the key points. God's will is not automatic. And if you don't do the binding and the loosing, then things are not going to be bound or loose. It's just that simple. And so we have to understand this, understand the authority is now with us, and we've got to use it. So what about the power? Matthew 3.11. Now this is the ministry of John the Baptist before the ministry of Jesus ever began. Alright? Jesus hasn't even started, and this is what John the Baptist said. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The point that we can take away from this is that it is the ministry of Jesus Christ to baptize every single one of His followers in the Holy Spirit and fire. Luke 24, 4-9. This is again, this is after Jesus died and rose again. 
I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Okay, so now we have Jesus talking about the disciples receiving the dunamis, receiving the miracle working power of God. They are going to be clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, 4-8. And I do apologize, the scriptures are a little out of order on your outline. Just listen, don't worry about reading along if you want to. Do not leave Jerusalem. This is Acts 1, 4-8. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates that Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power, you will receive dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, when Jesus went about healing in his earthly ministry, he healed with authority and power. And when he sent the disciples out and told them to cast out demons and heal the sick and preach the kingdom, he gave them authority and power. If you are a Christian today, through your union with Christ, you step into his authority. And it is specifically assigned to us as the body of Christ in the earth to exercise the authority of Jesus in the world today. And in the area of healing, Jesus is not going to exercise this authority. It is up to us to exercise this authority and minister healing to the others exactly like Jesus did when he was here. Similarly, the power. The difference with the authority and the power is the authority is automatically received when you become a Christian. But you do not get endued with power from on high until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. In fact, notice what Jesus says. He says to the disciples, look, don't do anything right now. Just hang out in Jerusalem and wait. Then you'll get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then you'll get the miracle working power of God. Then you go out and you take this gospel to the ends of the earth. And we know what happened, right? Acts chapter 2. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were endued with power from on high. They start having miracles. They start seeing the power of God move. And they change the world. Right? They, as it says in the world, they, took, they turned the world upside down. So we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit a little bit. And you see, there's a lot of uh, differing opinions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But remember I told you, I just like the Word to tell me what I think. I don't tell the Word or anybody else what I think. I let the Word tell me what I think. And what the Word shows us is that the baptism with the Holy Spirit can in fact be received at the same time a person is saved. That's exactly what happens to Cornelius and his uh, buddies of Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. They uh, receive the Word of God. Peter preaches them the Gospel. They get baptized with the Holy Spirit and saved at the exact same time. However, it may also happen to you at a separate time. That's what happens to the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. 
The Samaritans hear the gospel, they get saved, but they don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit until Peter and John come and minister it to them in Acts chapter 8. So, uh, one of the areas of the Word that I really find helpful in this area is Acts chapter 19. Now, keep in mind that this could be as long as 30 years after the first day of Pentecost. Somewhere between 25 and 30 years after the apostles first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now we encounter Paul on one of his missionary journeys. He's traveling the world and he arrives at Ephesus. This is Acts 19 verses 1 through 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. You know, it is true that speaking in a tongue or a private prayer language, you see, that that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and people really get uh, overly upset about that too. The speaking in tongues can have the manifestation where people hear in their own native language. That's exactly what you see in Acts chapter 2. But speaking in tongues can also be a a person's private prayer language that is only understood by God. And that's exactly what we see Paul talk about at length in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So again, it's not something that we need to get overly worried about or or, uh, worry about not receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit just because we think that uh, the spiritual gifts are weird or that speaking in tongues... Are weird. I mean, let me just give you an amazing revelation. All of Christianity is weird. I mean, there's, there's nothing that's not weird about it. The whole thing's weird, right? And, but once you come to terms with that, well, all right, fine. I get it, right? So now I'm worshiping a God that I can't see who's an eternal spirit that created everything and lives in me. Yes, there's going to be some spiritual realities that come alongside of that. And the spiritual gifts and the baptism with the Holy Spirit are two very important parts of our spiritual relationship with our spiritual God. So let's just get with the program, right? So before we go, I want to look briefly at the ministry of the apostles now that they are operating in both the authority and the power. This is Acts 5, 15 through 16. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. This is Acts 28, 8 through 9, every bit of 30 years after the day of Pentecost. This is Paul on the island of Malta now. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, laying his hands on him, and he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. See, this is the apostles 
ministering the exact same way that Jesus did. Every single person in the Bible that approached Jesus to get healed, got healed. Not one was turned away. Not one was denied. And every single person in the Bible that approaches the apostles for healing receives their healing. See, they're ministering exactly like Jesus with the exact same authority and power for divine healing that Jesus did. And that's exactly the way that we can minister today. Now think of it this way. Imagine we had a thousand people here and we were going to have a prayer line. Alright, so we've got Jesus Himself right here. And then we have Pastor Dale. And then we have another guy. We'll just call him Bob the Christian. And Bob the Christian saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. But that's what we've got. So we invite people to come on up. Well, as you can probably imagine, Jesus' line is going to be pretty long. I mean, they're going to be out the door, down the street, waiting to get prayed for by Jesus. Now, now what about Pastor Dale? Probably a few people, they want to pray for the neighbor down the street. They can't remember his name. They, they've got a headache. You know, they saw somebody in a wheelchair at Publix. That, those people are going to come and let Pastor Dale pray for him. What about Christian Bob? He's going to be pretty lonely. Right? He's, he's not going to get too many people coming up for prayer unless it's like his wife or his kid or somebody that just feels bad for him, right? But why? Why is that? That's totally unbiblical. If we could see into the spirit realm, we would see that the exact same stream of power from heaven is coming right into Jesus Christ, coming right into Pastor Dale, coming right into Christian Bob, and that all three of them have the exact same measure of authority over sickness and disease. And you see, if you take nothing else away, I want you to see yourself as a healing meeting waiting to happen. I'm a walking, talking, healing meeting looking for someone to come and receive. And so are you. If you have, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have all the authority of heaven backing you up to minister healing on behalf of God. And you see, that reality is why we can see healings and exorcisms across all denominations. Because every Christian has this authority. But if you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have also been endued with power from on high, and you have the exact same power that people can come and lay on the street just so your shadow can touch them. There's so much power from heaven in you that if people will come up with faith to receive from your shadow, they will receive. It wasn't anything special about Peter's shadow. It's that Peter was a repository for the power of God to heal exactly the same way that Jesus was. You see, if we are going to be uh, biblically equipped ministers to minister healing on behalf of the Lord Jesus, on behalf of Jehovah Rapha, then we need the authority and we need the power. And so, so when I encounter people day, these days, you know, I ask them this question and I put this question to you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And you see, you see, many times we might not be sure. We've heard so many different teachings in this area. And we know that, yes, when I accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit did come 
to live inside me. But have you been endued with power from on high? Have you been baptized into the Holy Spirit? Some of you, maybe that did happen the moment you got saved. Some of you, like me, it happened at a separate time. But what I'm telling you is today we want to pray for you and we want to give you an opportunity. And if you have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that's a wonderful thing. We'd like to pray and we'd like to get maybe what we'd call a, a refilling. You know, just a charge up. Right? And, and you know, the Bible says that, uh, that, that the communication of your faith will be affected by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you by Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes we have to remember, hey, hey, maybe I didn't have a great today, a great day, but I've been endued with power from on high. And if someone comes and touches me, they're going to get healed. That's the reality. Right? So, so, so sometimes it's good to acknowledge that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit years ago, and I'm just going to experience, Lord, Lord, just touch me again, Lord. Lord, just, just let me feel a refilling from you, a, a fresh wind of your Spirit, a fresh filling from your presence, Lord. But if you have not, if, if you've not received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, then we certainly invite you to receive that today. So, so what we'd like to do is, is for those of you who have received, we'd like to just start, we just start, just pray silently, pray quietly. If you feel led to, to just, you know, this is where Pastor Dale really said, just do, do what the Spirit leads, you know. And, and that can be a difficult instruction sometimes. But, but you know, here's, here's what we want to do, right? <laughs> here's, what, here's what I do, at least in my house. Because I do, I really believe in um, stirring up the gift of God. We've all heard that expression, right? So how am I going to stir up the gift of God? How am I going to fan the flame? All right. Well, I'm going to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to start by, you know, God, I glorify You. I'm, I'm so thankful for what You've done in my life. I'm so thankful that You sent Jesus. I'm so thankful that You filled me with Your Holy Spirit. God, God, send people in my path. Let me see people. I can minister the healing to them, Father God. And then, and then, I, and then I, I just start listening to the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit, lead me to speak. Lead me to pray. Maybe, maybe I start feeling, oh, I worship you. You know, that's a whole one. You know, sometimes I feel the Holy Spirit lead me to begin worshiping. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit leads me to begin in my prayer language. And so I'll just let it out and I'll just start going, you know, and I'll go until until I feel like I shouldn't go anymore. And I believe that's one of the master keys to manifestation in our prayer life, being being willing to just enter in and pray in the spirit for hours if the Lord leads me to. So what I think we'd like to do tonight is we'd like to just take some time, you know, even on an individual level and just worship the Lord as the spirit leads you. And, you know, we're, this is an atmosphere of love. This is an atmosphere of honor. This is not a judgmental atmosphere. If the Lord leads you to pray in a natural language, that's wonderful. If the Lord leads you to pray in song or, or worship in song, hey, if the Lord leads you to dance, you go right ahead. Whatever you feel the Lord leading you to do, including even in your prayer language, just, just start worshiping the Lord as the Lord leads you to do. And for those of you that would like to receive 
the baptism with the Holy Spirit tonight. Let me say this. Allow me, if you've not received that, allow me to reveal the will of the Lord for you. God wants you baptized with the Holy Spirit. God wants every single Christian baptized with the Holy Spirit and filled with His miracle-working power from on high. Because God wants His miracle-working power to be in your life and to be ministered to those around you. So let's just start. Let's just take a time. You want to pray. Whatever you feel the Spirit leading. And if you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please feel free to come up. Uh, and let's just, um, you can reach out to Pastor Dale, Pastor Doug, uh, Mark, Carlos, Pastor Fritz, myself. Anybody, just feel free to, to reach out and we'll minister with you as well. So uh, 